0: And I can see the ground, now I'm way too gone, way too gone. Alright legends, welcome back to yet another episode of Get Around Me. It's me, Billy Darcy. What a time to be alive. Uh, the good times, let's talk about them, because I've got a fresh new haircut, my friends. And it's not bad, it's not bad at all, I tell you, Probably the shortest my hair's been in the best part of four years. Um, and this haircut, I think it's a it's a stayer. And by that I mean it's hanging in there. Okay, because early feedback on my haircut, uh, across the board negative. Let's let's be very candid about what happened. It was across the board negative. Um, I'm not just talking on social media. I'm talking face-to-face, uh, friends, family, etc. My sister said, ew, E-W in a text. And the amount of time it takes to type the word ew, I mean... If you're going to hurt someone, at least take time out of your day to do it, you know? You're not only being mean, but you're also being dismissive, you know? You can only type two letters, alright? If you want to attack me, make it a paragraph, alright? Let's get into it. But my sister's never liked my haircuts, I don't think she's ever given me a good review on one of them. And, yeah, across the board early, very negative on this haircut. Um, You want to get humbled? Have some random bloke from Perth tell you you look like shit, you know? Then you click on his profile and it's a freaking V8 supercar as his profile picture. No one needs that on a weekday. You know, it's a goddamn school day and I've got Scott Thompson from Bunbury telling me I look like shit. Well, do you know what, Scott? You don't look that great either, mate. Okay? You do not look that great either, my friend. But now, you know, I weathered the early storm. I feel like it's starting, the feedback's starting to come, come good. I, I came home on Sunday from a trip. My roommate Adam said, what have you done to your head? And that was the last negative I really received, to be honest, since then, um, it's been good. I've had some good some good feedback. So confidence is growing day by day. I love having my hair long and I can't wait for it to be long again, to be honest, but this is the haircut, it's sharp, you know? I started applying for some jobs and I don't think you can get hired with like a freaking hatchet job from the backyard with blonde tips. You know, I had a weird grown-out fringe and blonde tips. I just looked rabid, you know? I didn't look like I was going to make a very good admin assistant, okay? Or a good, uh, you know, support officer, whatever they want to fucking call it. But I didn't look employable. And I think you've got to look the part. Fake it till you make it, etc. Okay? etc. Uh, But yeah, so i got the haircut. How's this? I roll into these hairdressers. The bloke recognizes me from TikTok, the hairdresser. What a world we live in where you're getting recognized off TikTok, you know? To all, all the haters out there saying TikTok is for 14-year-old girls. Well, my hairdresser is not a 14-year-old girl and he's on TikTok, mate. So have some of that. All right, he goes up next, the comedian. That's what he said, this bloke. And we hit it off from there, you know, a good yarn was had. And I famously hate talking to hairdressers while they're cutting my hair. But this bloke, he paid homage to me. And then I paid homage to him. Okay. If, if he, I don't know if he, I guess he does have TikTok. I don't know if he puts any videos on there, but if he does, I'll give him a like. Cause that's the sort of bloke I am. You know, tit for tat or tick for tock. If you will, that just came to me and I'm not mad at it at all. Um, so yeah, I got a haircut, hair short, everyone hates it, but I'm um, weathering the storm, etc., etc. Okay. I won't say it again, etc. but I had a I had a big uh, a big trip this weekend a big weekend it was I went out to a country town called Gulgong, okay Gulgong, um it's sort of about four and a half hours away from Sydney just through Mudgee, never been to Mudgee before either I've been to a lot of places in New South Wales like I've covered, I've covered most of it with comedy, I've been down to Albury Wodonga I've been up I've been in I've been diagonal, but I've never been through Mudgee, so it was cool to check out Mudgee um on the way through and Galgong, a mate of mine just moved from sydney out to Galgong. do you know how raucous this is All Right, you don't you don't just move to gulgong but my mate tomo said enough is enough okay i want to he you know he, he loves he loves freaking hunting and sink and piss and Galgong is the place to do it so he's moved out to gulgong we went out to visit him me Macca, and my mate ben And it was a bloody wild weekend. I don't know what else to tell you. I got some stories up my sleeve. My mate Tomo is a brutal bloke. We get there. The first thing he said to me with my new haircut. I go, mate, thoughts on the cut? He goes, oh, thank God you got rid of the long locks, mate. Thought thought I was going to have to tie you up to the back of my my ute and drag you through the town square. I said, right. Well, good to see you, my friend. Good to see you indeed. (laughs) You know? So... And that was some of the early negative reception I was talking about earlier regarding the haircut. But we crack into it straight away. I haven't seen Tom Owen probably four years. And uh, he's, a, he's a rugged man. He's a br- he's a brutal human. Uh, but he's fucking classic as well. It's good to see him. And uh, he immediately is a fair, massive pisshead, this bloke. Hard to keep up from the get-go. He, he's got two cases of great northerns, but he's... It's got the the full-strength Great Northerns. And I'm doing quotation marks because I'm not sure what's in these things. doesn't appear to be a whole lot of alcohol, if you ask me. Um, You can have like 12 Great Northerns, even the the 1.2 standard ones. The 1.25! And I'd still be relatively sober in my eyes. Um, So we're knocking back these Great Northerns with a vengeance. I've dead set cracked my first one. And going, taking a sip and going, fuck Tomo, beautiful place he got here. And he's handed me my second. He's already sent off his first. And this is like, you know when you see someone you haven't seen in ages, you like regress to who you were when you last saw them. Like last time I saw him, I was probably like 20. And still absolute uh, an absolute liability when it came to peer pressure. So all of a sudden I've got two beers. I'm thinking, fuck, I've got to catch up here. My reputation is on the line. So now I'm fucking... <clears throat> Throwing these great northerns down at pace, might I add. Quite impressive. Um, but they don't really get you that pissed. Um, and we're just catching up, having a great old time. And then we get on the burr cutters. Now, this is a beverage I've not seen before. And I don't know if I'll see it again, to be honest. I Personally, I'm not sure if it was to my palate. It was about a third of a glass of Bundy rum, a shot of Kahlua, and then milk. Burr cutters wrap your tiny heads around that okay these things were powerful um and consider my socks rocked consider my socks rocked and then knocked where were they knocked they were knocked off let me tell you my socks were rocked then they were knocked off fucking aggressive beverages and i'll go on the record i fucking hate bundy rum okay i don't like it uh that's my one my one beverage i like almost died drinking it when i was 16 and obviously i'm being dramatic but I've never liked it since, and any time I've come across a guy drinking Bundy Rum since, he has been sort of abusing me or pinning me against a wall. So, never been a huge fan of Bundy Rum, but the cutters, they weren't too bad. You know, the milk and the Kahlua, yeah, I could, I, it kind of works, you know. My mate Tomo said it tasted like chocolate milk. I'd like to go on the record and say it didn't. It definitely didn't taste like chocolate milk. And I'd like to follow up and see where he's buying his chocolate milk, if that's what he thinks it tastes like. Because that is not what chocolate milk tastes like, my friend. Not even close. But fuck, they were powerful, and we were. If I, if I may speak out of school, blind. Okay, we were blind as bats on Friday night. Supposed to play golf the next day, but then my mate gets a call from uh from this bloke who owns this property, Fabian, who goes, uh, he, uh, goat farmer. He goes, mate, um, what are you doing tomorrow? Come help me herd these goats. My mate Tommy says I got some mates over from the city. Mind if I bring take them shooting on your property and then we'll help you herd the goats. Now, I don't know if you know much about me, but I've never shot a gun nor ho- nor herded a goat. Okay, that's two things I'm famous for not doing. You know, they go, oh, you seen Billy Darcy's comedy? Oh, you mean the bloke who's never shot a gun or herded a goat? Yeah, that bloke. Okay, I have, this is very much out of my wheelhouse, but I fucking love trying new things. So here we come. So, but the fact we were going shooting the next day it's, it's midnight and we're blind as bats. Now we've got to get up at 5 a.m. the next day. How do you feel about that? Not good. Not good at all. So, we're up at 5 a.m. Uh, like I said, we're supposed to play golf. I only brought jeans and a polo. So now I'm wearing slazenger track pants and my Converse shoes and then a jacket. We're up at 5 a.m. It's fucking freezing, brother. Freezing. We go to this bakery at like 5.15 in the morning. There's like this old country lady there. She's just... She's fucking been up for hours. She's slinging bands, you know. i It was confronting. I said to her, could I please get a, a sausage roll? She goes, no worries, love. Any sauce? I said, yeah, I'll have some barbecue sauce with that. She said, well, <laughs> there's a great way to ruin a sausage roll, darling, isn't it? I said, excuse me? She said, barbecue sauce is a disgrace. It doesn't belong on anything I've baked. And I go, fuck it all. All right, maybe I'll have tomato. She goes, no, no, you've made your choice. There's your barbecue sauce. Go on. Ruin the sausage roll I baked for you. Go on then. And she's like just absolutely bouncing me up at 5.15am. A lot to take in. A lot to take in. Then I jump in Tomo's car. We're doing about 170 around like a fucking bendy road. Still dark. Freaking dust and... What's dust where it's like water? Uh, mist. Fog. Fog, thank you. Probably edit that out. Uh, <laughs> what's what's dust but with water not one of my best um get on this property mate in the country everything is understated i've never shot a gun before tomo gives us the quick the safety chat you know basically never pointed at anyone that's uh you know that's a good one and then basically we had two hunting rifles basically if the bolts up it can't fire so even if you got it uh not loaded but the bolts down there's a chance it could go off So always just bolt up, bolt up. So that's, me and Maka were just saying that all day. I'd be like, mate, bolt up. He'd be like, bolt her up. So we got these guns and uh, basically there was two hunting rifles. I I was very uncomfortable around the guns, but I shot one at a tree and then I was like, right, here we come. I was a terrible shot. Me and Maka could not hit a fucking circus tent at 10 meters. And then our mate Ben must've been a sniper in a previous life. Okay, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what if Ben's an old soul or what, but if reincarnation exists, I think my friend Ben was a sniper during World War Two because he did not miss all day. I've never seen a guy with more natural talent. But we were, so there was two guns. Basically, one of them was the 22 the hunting rifle, which my mate Tomo lovingly referred to as a pea shooter. I've never seen a, a pea shooter that could fucking take down a kangaroo before. But anyway. So that was that one was a bit of fun and that was the one we shot. And then he had the 308. And the 308, even just holding it, you felt like you could just bring death to an entire village in the Middle East. Like you're like fucking hell. The bullets were as big as your head. When it when it was shot, it was like seven seconds of complete silence. Like a flash grenade went off. And it was like ooh. and then like you're like, what the fuck? You're like disoriented. It was fucking wild. I was not too keen to shoot that one. Let me tell you, I don't think I was ready to wield that sort of power. Um, but we went around, didn't see too many animals. I saw a fox, which I was told is quite rare for that area. So that was a nice little, nice little bit of a, you know, eye work from me. And and we drove around this property. Beautiful, this property. Unbelievable land. I think it was like fifteen thousand acres. I want to say. I don't know what an acre is, but it was large quite large it was like as big as like a fucking as big as a town this property enormous it would take you an hour to drive from one side to the other so we're driving around we're in the back of the ute having a great old time um and then yeah we didn't see too many animals uh, did a bit of target practice my mate uh, had like these targets and uh like i said my mate ben dead said could not miss unbelievable i i was awful um maca because he loves the film Saving Private Ryan. He loves that, that the scene where the sniper's in the bell tower. So before every time Mac shot the gun, even if we were just shooting the targets or a tree, he would insist on reading out scriptures beforehand, like the guy from Saving Private Ryan. So he'd be pointed at the target, he'd be like, our father, who art in heaven, hello be thy name. like, Like he was sending this fucking metal target to heaven. You know? You'd be like, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh. It was embarrassing, but also hilarious. I don't know what else to say. That's absolute bants. Um, probably the grimmest moment. I'm not really uh I've never hunted or shot anything before. I still didn't on this trip, but uh I'll tell you what what did get me and uh was my mate Tomo shot a galar in a tree. There were these two galahs in a tree. And he shot one. Didn't think too much of it. Then he goes, The thing with galars is they live in relationships that they make for life, you know? So then the other galar was like flying around being all sad that his mate's been killed. Me and Mako were horrified. Absolutely horrified. Dear God, I was like, fuck, what sort of a rom-com is this? You know, this is not this is not what I signed up for at all, you know? Jesus Christ. And then, uh, so then he, for good measure, he shot the other galah. So that was a real moment of going, fucking hell, the, the country is more brutal. I mean, not even the animals are allowed to be in love out here. You know, if you're going to, everyone, everyone must be alone. I was like, Jesus Christ. But then we get to this, uh, after that, we checked out this house that hasn't been lived in since like the 1920s, which was fucking cool. It was really cool. Great day. And then we got to this uh, this bloke's uh, sort of house and what do you call it? Like a wool shed type thing. And he had these pens set up with all these goats. Some of these goats were as, you know, like up to my fucking, you know, halfway up my stomach. Huge horns, right? The ones with the big horns are the boys, little, little horns of the girls. And he goes, we need to separate the boys and the girls. The boys are going off to the slaughterhouse. I go, right. All the instruction he gave us was grab them by the horns and careful because they'll break your fucking wrist and then he just grabbed one like a shopping bag it was wild okay and the thing with goats is they hate being grabbed but the ironic thing is they've got a fucking handle on their head so for someone who doesn't like being grabbed they are set up for it okay but these goats they're ramming each other they're jumping out of the pen they're kicking it was i'll be candid i was scared of these goats but then you grab onto one and then as you brace for it, you, you get your hands on both on both fucking horns. You can feel and then you just gotta drag them against their will. They fight and kick and you just go fucking, come on, you fucking bastard. Get in there and then and once you get your first goat into the next uh the next enclosure, from there you're taking names, you know? And uh, some of the biggest goats, I gotta say, I steered clear. Like they could have I mean, some of the biggest goats would weigh the same as like Conor McGregor. They were bantamweight goats um they were fucking scary but yeah so when they went throwing goats around and it was fucking wild it was wild um and, and that was probably the coolest part of the whole weekend throwing the goats around and it was, it was a fucking cool time so then after that we're uh i'll tell you what getting up at 5 a.m it's a no from me because you get to midday but you get to 11 a.m even you go fucking hell it must be like three four o'clock time for a schooner it's time for morning tea. You're like, Jesus Christ. You feel like, you get up at 5am, you feel like you live three days in one day. You know, you get to three o'clock, you're like, is it Thursday? No, it's still Saturday. Wild. Absolutely wild. Um, But yeah, then we go into town. We went to the butcher and this butcher was wild. He was like, I'm like a full on city boy just being like, what the hell is happening? Like this butcher, if you ask for like a pork shoulder, he'd cut it off the pig in front of you. And his his workbench was just a huge tree stump. It was insane. And it was like one of those butchers where it's it's uh you know been through like five generations. And this guy's still butchering. What a guy. Um but yeah, so then we uh in the Avo headed out to the pubs, I'm not gonna lie. I had well, I we talking a few screws with lunch, and then I was gonna try and cut back on the old uh Beverews, but uh this was not the weekend to do it, I found out quickly. Uh so we went to the pub of the Arvo. I'm not going to lie. Did I have one eye on a country romance? I did. Okay. I'm, f- I'm famous for falling in love with girls who live fucking ages away anyway. So I thought this is blatantly my MO. Uh, so, but there was literally, there was no one around. No, There, there was only, at the pubs, there was only miners because there's mines nearby and then some old bikies. There was like this group of like 60 year old bikies. And that was kind of weird because it's like, I mean, I'm, I am scared of you. On principle, but honestly, I reckon if it came down, I'd fucking beat the shit out of those bikies. I honestly believe that, and that's because of their age, and assuming they weren't going to use weapons. You know, you see a bunch of bikes, you think, "Fuck, steer clear." But I tell you, what, these blokes, fucking, I'll kick them in the knee. I'll kick them in their bad knee, and then we'll see what happens. You know, so I wasn't too scared of the bikies, and yeah, there wasn't much going on in town. Like uh, mostly old blokes drinking and stuff. The only young people I saw were these blokes who were on like this wild bender and I went to the bathroom at the wrong time and saw some things that any fucking any police officer worth his salt would be fucking loving to see in that he'd be throwing them all in the slammer jam for years to come so that, that was a bit of fun had a bit of a punt good times Macca started freaking out at one point at the pub he goes Bill he goes Bill check out the chips there was packets of chips above the bar I go, yeah. What's with the chips, mate? He goes, he goes. You're kidding. Look at them. Look at the bags. I go, what? He goes, the bags are smaller, but they appear to be filled right to the top. I go, what? He goes, yeah. In the city, you get a big bag of chips, but it's only filled halfway. Here, you get a small bag filled right to the top. I prefer that. I much prefer that. Needless to say, neither of us picked up that day. Um, fucking talking about chip conspiracies in a town of two thousand people. Maka, you need to get a grip. I won't say it again. Fuck, <laughs> from reading scriptures, what before shooting at a target to this wild chip conspiracy, Maka was all over the place all weekend, and it was good value. But I've, I came to I came to know there's actually kind of like, what is this? Why is there such a negative connotation around being from the city? Like, like people are like oh fucking oh city boys. Hey, look at this probably probably useless you know like if you're from the city it's inferred you're like a fucking like a corrupt gay banker or something you know oh city boy oh you probably fucking steal from the poor and 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 bloody do all sorts of weird shit you fucking lazy prick you know but if you're a country boy it's like it's inferred you're like the man from snowy river and you know when you're not wrangling horses you're winning hearts you know the country the country have got this great rub of the green where it's like oh if you're a city boy you're like this great guy you know, the, this bloody roll up your sleeve, get it done. But if you're a city boy, you're you're a slippery snake who can't be trusted. I'd like to see some positive some positive words around uh, the whole city thing, to be honest. Because I think, you know, it's a, it's an unfair... What's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. But I guess people in the city are a bit less friendly, so maybe that's where it comes from. But yeah, there was a lot of, oh, fuck city boys, is it? Oh, city cunts, okay. Okay. So, I'd like to see some more positive PR around being from the city. That's what I'm looking for. PR. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah, so, great weekend. I'll say that. Absolutely cracking weekend. Um, and, yeah, a lot, lot of fun activities. We just got blind as bats on Saturday night and came home the next day. Um, and it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun indeed. We stopped off at the Uggboot store in the Blue Mountains on the way home dude, let me tell you, if you are not wearing UGG boots during winter, grow up, okay? They're like wearing warm clouds on your feet. It's unbelievable, all right? And the thing with UGG boots is they are a fantastic thing, UGG boots, but unfortunately, some great things do get hijacked by the wrong people, you know? A great example of this is the Bible, you know? Some blokes read that and they go, fuck, we got to stone all the gays. So, well, that's not personally what I got from it, but you know, each to their own. You skip over that love thy neighbour stuff pretty quick, didn't you there, Chief? But but Ugg boots unfortunately, have suffered the same fate. You know, Ugg boots, fucking cracking product. But at this stage, let's be honest, they are the signature shoe of teen pregnancy. And it is a shame. It's a real shame. Especially because those girls probably need arch support more than anyone. Uh, you know, they should be... the Really, the signature shoe of teen pregnancy should be sketches, you know? you're carrying another life you want to have good posture i think but unfortunately these beautiful ugg boots they've been associated with with you know all all sorts of stuff and i think it's turning people off wearing them but you should be wearing ugg boots they're phenomenal you know but they've got caught up in this thing you know at the ugg boot store they were doing two pairs you get a free crack pipe you know and this is the sort of culture surrounding uggs at the moment and it's a shame it's a goddamn shame Uh, you know, I wear Ugg boots, makes me feel like I'm rich in the 1800s, you know? Come home and wrap the wool of an animal around my feet to keep them warm? What? What's for dinner, like venison? This is wild, okay? And there's there's this big conspiracy that you're only supposed to wear Ugg boots around the house. That is a goddamn shame. If you're only wearing your Ugg boots around the house, that's like having a beautiful horse and keeping it in the stable, you know? you got to let him gallop. you got to let him free so everyone can see his beauty. You know, this stallion. Go down to the shops in your Ugg boots and make eye contact with people. They know who the alpha is in that situation. Go down to Woolies and throw around some eye contact in the fresh food section, rocking your brand new Ugg boots. Let people know where you come from, okay? Get over to Aldi if you really want to feel good about yourself, you know? Some freaking middle-aged man wearing Crocs in Aldi. Give him some eye contact with your fresh Ugg boots on, and let him know, you know, you got it. You can wear Ugg boots wherever you want. My dad once wore his Ugg boots fishing. Okay, he didn't catch anything that day, except respect. All right, these Ugg boots, dude, they're as good as it gets. All right, get some Ugg boots on your feet. Winter, get your Uggies on. Bit of red wine, seven bucks a bottle. Down from 10, count me in, okay? Count me in. Two for 14, I'll see you there. You know, I'm just, I'm just, you know, I was going to say lace up your UGG boots, but you slip them straight on. They're a bloody time saver, okay? God damn it. Get, get some UGG boots on your feet, you know? And look, for, and I will speak strongly on this bit. If you're one of those blokes or gals who wears socks and thongs or or socks and slides in instead of UGG boots, all you're communicating to me is that you had two confirmed roots in 2017 and you in fact do not respect yourself or your feet uh there's just it's unacceptable and there's no excuse and if you wear <laughs> if you wear Birkenstocks and socks instead of Ugg boots you are probably too busy texting your mate's ex to get through a podcast anyway so you can have a good day and then after that you can hit the bricks okay socks and Birkenstocks get the fuck out of here Ugg boots all day every day get around them I won't say it again it's my podcast they're my Ugg boots you can back off and I won't say it again I won't say it again but I'm passionate about Ugg boots and I'm fired up because I got a brand new pair you know I had my last ones for like four years I'm not gonna lie by the end they start to get a bit grim like the stitches are starting to go you know, the wool's been worn down. They start to smell. Uh, but now I've got a fresh and I'm fucking loving them. So get around, Ugg boots. And the good times keep rolling. What are, what time are we on here? 27 minutes. This thing's flying along. Um, okay, this could be a short one, actually. All right, so up next. So... It's me getting fired up. So I've started applying for some jobs. I know what you're thinking. But Billy, you're so talented. You're one of Australia's best up-and-coming comedians. You know, your your crowd work is only matched by, by the writing of your jokes. You know? And, and not to mention, are we going to talk about his hair? I mean, it looked great long, but now it looks good short. Do you have a weakness? If you're going to ask me, the answer is no. The answer is no, I don't have a weakness. Okay? Um, but unfortunately... You know, got to pay those bills, okay? You got to pay the rent. I'm on Centrelink and very grateful for the Centrelink. But like I said, I think Centrelink is bad for morale, you know? Because even though you're getting the money, which is great, um, you know, watching Nashville season four at 11am on a Tuesday isn't exactly filling me uh, with ambition and vigor. I'll say that, even though it's a fucking phenomenal show. Absolutely phenomenal. And uh, so I've been applying for some jobs and... You know, trying to, get, trying to get work. It's it's the age old thing with me where I'm essentially bringing no skills to the table, but I'm hoping I can get an interview. And from there, they just think I'm such a good bloke. They give me the job anyway. That's been my MO for quite some time now. Um, I interview well. Uh, if you can just get past my resume and really the lack of anything substantial on there. Uh, but I'm, I'm a great guy. Get around me. I I've usually <laughs> get around me. But I've got my last like four jobs through friends, you know. So that's the the kicker. I mean, I haven't really, I haven't got a job on merit since Kevin Rudd was prime minister. If we're being honest, um, and these job descriptions are so intimidating. Have you seen these things? It's like, are you ready to work in a fast-paced environment that demands success? You know, you will be multifaceted, working on several different projects as once, moving from order to order, executing this company's uh mantras as we move forward to the top of this industry and you're reading this like fucking hell dude ben and jerry sounds way more intense than i thought it was you know i thought you want a bit of chalk chip i'll give you a bit of chalk chip but you read these job descriptions it's like jesus christ what are we even talking about here and then at the end they go like it'll be like you know are you ready to put work first and dive headfirst into a company that demands the demands it's all from its employees are you the man for this job you know i'm sitting at the computer going fuck dude I, i'm not so sure i am to be honest i may not be the right guy for this role you know i read all the different job titles as well you know like there's office admin assistant there's executive admin fucking sergeant there's admin support it's like, just say office bitch, okay? Just say guy who answers the phones and does what I say. I'll do that. I'll fucking do that, you know? But why do we have to pretend like it's like this big thing? I hate the fakery. I can't get past the fakery. Do one job asked, I swear to God. I think it was a rubber company. It was like answering the phones for this rubber company, doing like admin shit. It said at the top of the, of the job ad, I swear to God it said this. It said... Do you have a passion for rubber? I don't think it's physically possible to have a passion for rubber. Okay? If anyone comes in and says, Yes, I do, in fact, have a passion for rubber, that just means they're willing to sell their soul for 45k a year. You know? Like, what? No one has a passion for rubber. It's an inanimate object. Okay? Get an absolute grip. And why is it in these office jobs, you've got to pretend why can't we go back to the days when like the 19 fucking 50s or whatever people just worked to work you know they worked to live they didn't live to work you know you got to put on this big facade when you uh you interview for a freaking uh, like a a legal agency or so maybe not a legal agency but like you know you're you're answering the phones for the company that makes fucking doors you know and you got to pretend to have it A passion for doors, and you got to pretend that you you want to work at this company for the next fifteen years, and give up everything. Why? Why do we have to pretend? You know, why do you want this job? Because I can barely afford rent. Uh, Because I like eating meat and going out with my friends. Is that enough? You know, I got a mate who's a junk removalist. He doesn't have to fucking pretend he has a passion for junk. You know, why? Why is it as soon as you put a collar on? you got to pretend to give a shit. You know, I'll perform the job. I'll do a good job at it. But the fakery, you know, I'm not going to pretend to have a passion for freaking Excel, You know? Are you driven? Do you love Excel? Does it get you out of bed in the morning? I mean, I'll use it. I'll use Excel. I use a spoon in the morning when I eat my Wheat bix I don't have a passion for spoons. Fucking hell, you know. I'd... This is another true story. I, I got a job at Bunnings for, like... Uh... I want to say four years ago, ish. Um, and I remember in the in the interview for Bunnings, like it's like four interviews. First, the first one was a group interview, which is hell on earth. And and you get through the interviews, and then I remember in the last interview they were saying they were telling me what um, like the progression you could do and what extra responsibilities you would get in your third, fourth, and fifth year at Bunnings. I was a uni student. And it's like why do I have to pretend why do I have to pretend that I want a career long term at Bunnings? There's some people who do and they love it and it's great. I personally don't, but not everyone. If you want to if you're only going to hire people who want to work at Bunnings for 20 years, there's not going to be many people to hire. You know? I'm not wearing an apron and also committing to a 5-year plan at the same time. Is that is that too much to ask? You know? I remember they called me up, uh, the, the lady said, congratulations, you got the job, um, but you have to work Saturdays. I said, oh, I play cricket on Saturdays, so I can't, I can't work Saturdays. She said, you have to work Saturdays. I said, oh, okay. Uh, this was back when I was like fully into cricket as well. I was like, oh, okay, that's all right then, don't worry about it. Thanks for um, considering me. And this, this lady took it personally. She was like, you're kidding. You'd rather play cricket than work at Bunnings. And it's like, yes, obviously play sport with my friends over sell pot plants of course i'd rather play cricket than work at bunnings and i can get a job that allows me to still play cricket you know i was very polite i said thank you for considering me but why do we all have to pretend the fakery i I fucking hate it i hate it when you meet someone in a work environment and like for the first two months they're like real stiff around you like hey do you get that that report let me teach you how to do this and then like two and a half months in you get a beer with them and you find out they're actually fucking weird as shit and you're like mate just be weird the whole time everyone's weird you know I just I just prefer I just think the whole thing where like people are one way at work hello Beth Cooper this is Billy speaking how may I assist you today on this beautiful Wednesday why can't you just say hello Beth Cooper this is Billy speaking how can I help why can't you just be normal you know there's and not everyone's like this But yeah, I don't know. I hate the fakery at jobs. I really do. All right, so a couple things to finish on. Uh, The pod is traditionally a gentleman's 45 minutes. I'll say that. There's been, because I did half an hour a couple weeks ago, there's been some controversy, if I may say so. Uh, Some people say, don't do half an hour. It's not enough. And some people say, half an hour is perfect. Uh, Usually it's too long. And the irony is, people are saying do it an hour or half an hour, the whole time I've been doing 45 minutes, so I'll meet you in the middle, and if you don't like it, you can absolutely, what, hit the bricks, okay, because my podcast, it's my time limit, you can back off, it's the last time I'll say it, okay, it is the last time I'll say it, but a couple of things to talk about, firstly, we had a bit of a, uh... What I will say, um, unfortunately, a big old accident at the lat pad last night. And it's quite actually confronting. Uh, where did I write about this? Here we go. So, I don't know why I had to write this down. I tried to write some jokes about it. Um, it wasn't very funny. <laughs> but, uh, so, basically, we got this sort of little balcony at the back of, uh, coming off the back of our house. It fit about four people on there. Wooden railing. You can see the sun setting. Usually our beers uh out there and it's fucking sensational if i may say so um and let me tell you if you looking to move into a house if it doesn't have a balcony or a deck don't move into that house okay every good house needs a balcony or a deck every apartment you need somewhere to just fucking sit down and relax outside and i don't know how, people who live in an apartment that don't have a balcony or a deck i'm sorry but you've lost me you know i get i need like fresh air i'm like ugh. I start freaking out. What happened was, so, we're on the back uh, back balcony. Adam and Danny are leaning on the railing and it's about a meter and a half fall. It's not like on the second story of the house, it's on the bottom floor, but it's about a meter and a half down. Onto concrete, might I add. Me and Macro are against the wall. We're all having a yarn and uh, basically the railing snapped and the lads fell off the back of the balcony and fucking axe themselves it was actually terrifying i thought if ads hit his head he'd dead set be dead um so very scary and it makes you realize how useless you are in a crisis you know like as soon as i fall down it happened like in slow motion like they started to go back and then we heard the like the big snap and the thing just went and then they fell back down on the concrete and then it was happening in slow motion and then you just hear the thud you're like oh fuck jump down there Um, and it just makes you realize how useless you are. You know, Danny's literally like fucking land on his shoulder, could barely move. And I'm just giving him the old, fuck, you're right, mate? You're right? (laughs) I go, I gave him the classic, where does it hurt? (laughs) As if I'd be able to help if it was one specific area over another. You know, as if he'd be like, oh, fuck, my shoulder, it hurts so much. And I'd be like, oh, sorry, man, I'm actually a knee specialist. You know, no matter where it hurts, I can't help him. Um, so the lads, the lads took an absolute tumble, and it put such a dent on our afternoon because we were smoke a bit of the reefer before that. I want to speak out of school. We were we were quite high, and it was just like happening in slow motion. But then after that, so the, the lads were like pretty shaken up, and they were very lucky they didn't hit their heads. Um, so it really put a damper on the on the arvo. But then after that, we watched the butterfly effect, which is like where one moment can can change a change your whole life. And then, and we're all high still, and then we're watching the butterfly effect. And then we all start freaking out about like why it was Adam and Danny that fell off the balcony and not me and Macca, and we start freaking, you know, like rewinding the night. And we came to the point where I was actually standing on the railing, but then Macca brought out four beers, but they weren't twist tops. So I went inside to get a bottle opener, and Danny came back out and took his spot on the railing, and that's and that's why Danny. Fell off the thing. And not me. And I was just like, whoa. You know, you start you start looking at your hand going like, what if I touch this wall? Maybe like, I'll end the war in the Middle East. You know, like, <laughs> you start freaking out a bit. We started spiraling. Now, let me tell you, that Butterfly Effect movie. What the fuck? Okay. <laughs> it's basically, if you haven't seen it, it's ba- he keeps going back to change the future. But every time, the future just gets more and more fucked up. And then... It's just like, it's not even a happy ending. It's just like an ending. It's just an ending, you know? And you're just left going right. So, life is fucked no matter what happens, and we're in trouble no matter what happens. Um, And we're just sitting there high. Danny and and Adam can't even feel half of their body from the fall, and I'm just sitting there going like, none of us are safe. (laughs) You know, even one tiny, tiny action could fucking have, could kill me in five years' time. You know, what... Anyway, so we started spiraling, and you better believe I had some nightmares last night. Does anyone have... My dreams are getting, like, too vivid. I had fucking night terrors the other night, where I was, like, screaming in my sleep, and everyone was freaking out. Anyway, <laughs> probably speak to a professional about that, but that is the pod for this week. I think there was some good bans in there. I think we enjoyed it. As always, uh, if you would like to support me, the best thing you do is tag a mate in a stand-up video. And maybe he goes, fucking hell, Billy D. don't mind a bit of this. So if you'd like to tag a mate in a stand-up video on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, that would be ideal. Otherwise, have a great week. I'm going away again this weekend up to Newcastle, so hopefully get a few more stories. I don't think I'll be shooting any weapons. Uh, Although if I am, it'll probably be a fucking good story because we're staying in a beach house. So if I'm wielding a firearm this weekend, dude, something has gone horribly wrong. So that could be quite exciting. Um, But yes, thank you for listening. Way too long, way too long, yeah, and I can see the ground now, I'm way too gone, way too gone, cause these people got me fucked up, yeah, they got me way too wrong, way too wrong, now my mind's telling me, don't you, wait too long, way too long, I oh I